0: Three, two, one, go! Hey, it's Bibster and the Ginger Podcast. Uh, we are gingerless again, but have no fear—we have a live guest today, or tonight, or whenever you're listening. It's the advantage of the podcast. Joel Perino, a good friend of mine from back in the day, is in town from all the way from Colorado. So,
1: uh, mm-hmm. Joel, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Joel. I live out in Colorado. I play a bunch of music out there. I'm ranching out there, and I came back to play some live music for my hometown celebration, and it was actually really, really good. Good deal. Yes. So.
0: I saw that you were back in town for a little bit of time and I thought it'd be a perfect chance instead of just trying to call you and do this do it live and in person, live action, like yeah. say. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, yeah, so uh um what kind of you talked about your you're into music and stuff and we've been talking with a lot of uh, guitar related things. What what kind of tell tell me the backstory. What what got you into music?
1: Um well, honestly, the whole story behind music is actually super in depth. Um, but, uh, needless to say, I'll just, for the summed up version, I'll just say that, uh, uh, I started, uh, picking up the guitar, plucking away at it, and, uh, started getting good at it, and then, uh, after so long, I thought, you know what, I'm, this is actually coming to fruition. Started playing live a little bit, and then started to evolve, and, well, it's kind of evolved to what it is right now, and... Yeah, you, yeah. uh... You have how many albums out? Do you have one? Two, I have three. one album and one single. Oh, okay. So that's what that is uh, okay. with Adam Frank. He's actually a bass player that I met in music school, and he sings lower than the lowest note on the piano. Huh? He beat the piano in bass. I'm, I'm assuming you're not
0: playing uh, pop pop hits, then. <laughs> no, <laughs> not 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 at that level. No, 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 none at all. But yeah, so. Uh, because I, when, I, when I met you, you were at uh, Morrison Tech. And then you kind of, you took your career from that. Talk, talk a little bit about the schooling you did. Versus, you know, like, what kind of got you from where you were, I'm playing music and enjoying it, to, you
1: know, now where you're playing out a bunch of albums out. Well, being at Morrison Tech, it pretty much gave me the mechanical engineering degree and being able to understand how everything works and how to assemble stuff and what makes up what. Uh, now, even, I guess, being out at the ranch, they're putting me in charge of... Uh, A lot of the mechanical stuff And I'm trying to fix as many things as I possibly can Mm -hmm. And uh, In the meantime I'm trying to play live music As much as possible And that's when uh, Brent Jameson From Over in Walnut He shot me a text on Facebook and ended up saying Hey, you want to play at our fall festival? Live music? And I thought, absolutely So, Mm -hmm. words just kind of getting around Via my YouTube channel or Facebook And it's actually really, really cool how small the world is, and how easy it is for people that you don't even know to be able to find you.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy when it's like, are people that you've, like you said, like someone from your hometown that looks like found you through Facebook, not like found you through like, oh, you grew up here, and it wasn't like it's not like Walnut is a giant town. It's a was a town of like how many people did you say? Thirteen hundred. Thirteen hundred. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like I it's think. you know. It's, well, twelve ninety nine now because you're you're not you're not there yeah, for yeah, that, yeah. Right, <laughs> <laughs>
1: technically. But so you uh, so you went to the Morrison and then you went up and then you went up to what Platteville to do your. I Went up to Platteville for music business and then they discontinued music business when I was oh. two semesters from graduating.
0: So music business went out of business, Ooh, quite literally. <laughs> if I had my drum set go, we go. But up. So so what, so
1: what, what kind of, I mean, what, what happened there? I mean, two semesters away. Okay, so. Apparently, there weren't enough people in the music business department, like just music business as a major. So what they decided to do is they said, you know what? We're not going to have music business anymore. And I went into my advisor, and he's the one that's telling me this. And he said, "Uh, yeah, we're going to be discontinuing music business and... One of the things that you're going to have to take probably is uh, a bunch of intro to music classes, like a bunch of teaching classes, Uh. including intro to guitar, and (laughs) and at that point, (laughs) I was going to say, I knew years before how good you played. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. Needless to say, I did not exactly need that, and uh, I thought I did the math, and I found out that it was going to be ten thousand eight hundred dollars in rent alone. That doesn't count tuition. That doesn't count mm-hmm. food. That doesn't count gas. Mm-hmm. That, Yeah, so I thought, you know what? It's a waste of time and a waste of money, and I do not have much of either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I decided to leave Platteville. Um, you could say I dropped out, but get a load of this, is that uh, the advisor, he ended up, he was tenured, and as far as I know, he actually got canned. That's uh, not good of a because, tenure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he ended up... uh Getting fired because he uh, he wasn't the only person who was advising other students aside from me and some of the other students that he was advising they got in the same pickle as me and apparently you can't just leave people high and dry like that no I mean that's kind of crazy that's like
0: oh hey you're two semesters away we don't have any other program you could fit into it's not like we could say like I mean I could understand if you're like okay we don't have that many people in it we're gonna run the rest we're gonna run these classes out. You know, it would take a couple of years to get everyone through, and then we're done. Like, right. We're not going to accept any new people into it, but we got to get these people through the classes. Let's just not finish just, them through. No, yeah. that's not their no. style. What's, or or even be like, hey, basically, you're two semesters away, so there's like what? Like, I mean, the classes you were taking at that point were very specific to your major, but at the same time, there wasn't that many you had left to fill up. I mean, they no. could have given you another major, like, oh, we're going to put you in this. Instead of like, here, we need to put you into intro classes, and it's probably going to take you more than a year to get your degree then. So, yeah, that's... That is that is kind of crazy, especially at that level. It would have been, been like
1: five more semesters where I would have had to stay.
0: Oh, that that is that is that is a load of crap. I mean, it would have been like the classic scene from uh, Parks and Rec where Andy goes into the intro to guitar class, <laughs> you know, <it. laughs> and starts like, "I was a good, I was a superstar the whole time." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have been. Yeah, that's not that's that is, and I can see
1: why that was been an issue. So you kind of went from there. You just decided
0: you were you were kind of done with the college thing. Yep.
1: Um, yep, that really left a really sour taste in my mouth, and I thought, you know what, I've got a good enough head on my shoulders, I'm going to spend one more semester at school trying to take the classes that I want to take to get me through life, Mm -hmm. took those, and then, uh, uh, finished up with school, finished up with the winter, and ended up moving out to Colorado, and, well, needless to say, I think I'm doing okay for myself. Yeah, (laughs) it seems to be doing pretty Pretty well. So you moved out, how, how many years How many years have you been out in
0: Colorado now? This, actually my four year anniversary is going to be on November 6th. November 6th when you moved out there. And you moved out there kind of with the intention of you were doing the snowboarding thing as well?
1: Yeah, I was teaching snowboarding and I wanted to use that as a gateway uh, gateway drug. In Colorado, uh, that's a pretty <laughs> common <laughs> thing. True. <laughs> uh, get, uh, a gateway job. Uh Uh, To be able to find uh, a job that's actually going to be able to help myself, Mm -hmm. sustain myself financially out there. and uh, (laughs) Year-round. Yeah, and I uh, started off with snowboard instructing, and it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Met some fantastic people, stay in touch with a Mm -hmm. bunch of them, and it's great being able to see them again. Mm -hmm. uh, But landed with a company that builds and maintains multi-million dollar houses. Oh. And they were they were a very good company, and mm-hmm. uh, then I got offered a job over at the ranch, which is right next to where I live, and I thought, you know what, this is too good of an opportunity to pass up, mm-hmm. I'm going to take it, because I grew up on a farm, I figure, you know what, this is pretty much as closest to home as what I'm going to have when I'm mm-hmm. a thousand miles from home. Yeah,
0: exactly, Same so. the same kind of thought, and the same kind of lifestyle, but just a thousand miles away, in a much prettier area, you sent, you sent me some pictures the other day, oh, we were yeah. talking about before you came to town, and I'm at the shop, like, pressure washing off the floor, and you sent me this picture of like getting pulled, sitting on John Deere tractor, getting pulled behind a uh, like a ranger, and there's like mountains in the distance. I'm like, well, that's that's a little ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I'm looking behind it, like I'm like, hmm, I I somewhere made I, I I made the wrong choice somewhere
1: in life. No, it's a really clean concrete floor that you were sweeping. It off, was. So I'll give it you was clean p- now. Mm-hmm. It's clean now.
0: Yes, but yeah, I mean, so that's that's really cool that you kind of be able to land your kind of a quote unquote like real job, you know. And I'm not saying the snowboard instructor wasn't, but it's a full – you can't <laughs> snowboard instructor in the middle of the summer. It's a little rocky,
1: completely <laughs> seasonal. Yeah,
0: they call them that. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> True. Why they call them the Rockies? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's completely seasonal. So now you got something there. And uh, talk. Let's talk a little bit about your music now. So you know, you did the whole college thing, kind of, you know, focusing on music. And I know from then you've basically been focusing where kind of what what kind of got you to where you're at now with now you're writing
1: albums I know you're working on a bluegrass album right now Yes okay so um uh, uh, me I prefer instrumental music over words uh songs with words mm-hmm. uh you could even say if you want to go far out that uh music is sometimes beyond words mm-hmm. and the instruments do the speaking for themselves so I got my metal angst out in my first CD. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, zero, and one, got, so zero one. Got, exactly. <laughs> and uh, got that out, and uh, it actually got a whole lot more better. Um, I guess uh, it, it, it ended up like, uh, like I was I was shipping them out to a bunch of people that I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, some people in Oklahoma, Rhode Island, Florida mm-hmm. were all requesting them, and I don't even know who these people are. Yeah. Sending me saying, "Hey, how do I buy your album?" And I said, "Yeah, uh, uh, send me a check and I'll <laughs> ship it your way." And I, did, looking back on it, is kind of janky. You're just totally <laughs> trusting me with your money. It was just seven bucks. If you're out seven bucks, I mean, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, so that's funny. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, uh, I also don't like limiting myself to only one genre. For instance, mm-hmm. when you listen to ACDC, you get a new ACDC album. You know exactly what it's going to sound like, and Mm -hmm. you know what to expect. Yeah. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I like being able to go in, and you're like, what is this going to be? I have no idea, but let's listen, and let's see where it takes you. So, hence why I did a metal album for my first one, and now I'm doing bluegrass, which is incorporating mandolin, banjo, fiddle, Appalachian, dulcimer, and none of those are on the CD that was before it. Oh, yeah. So, I just think it's a really good way to be diverse and not being able to fall into one specific category or rut.
0: Yeah, and then you can kind of get a... You can open up your fan base as, you know, like with your metal album, that came out first, a lot of people that enjoy that kind of like, you know, metal instrumental music. When your next album comes out, they're already going to be interested because it's you and they've, you know, they kind of like you as a musician. So when it's all of a sudden like, oh, they've never heard bluegrass, it's going to open a door into a total different genre that people might not. And then people that get on board when you're doing the bluegrass album, they go well, what else has he done? And they find your first album and they're not knowing what it is and they're realizing that hey, this is heavy music without having to worry about like it sounding like someone's like either like had too much like Taco Bell and are in, like are in pain for the lyrics or just <laughs> in the words of some people out trying to out-evil each other. So <laughs> so I think it's, you know, kind of a cool way that you're going to bridge gaps. And that's a Bluegrass to metal, it's a very big gap to jump. It's not like you're going, oh, I was doing country, now I'm doing bluegrass. I'm like, oh, that was a real, that was a real wide stream to jump across. Like, <laughs> right. It's like, the, it's like the proverbial creek in uh, Men in Tights. I'm on the east side, I'm on the west side. You're right there. You're it doesn't matter, man. I mean, it, 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 the only bigger gap to bluegrass would be like bro country, because that's terrible to, then, to then bluegrass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shots fired.
1: Shots fired across <laughs> the Florida
0: Georgia line. <laughs> if you learned anything from my podcast, you know what I hate. <laughs> top thing bro country second thing kevin costner (laughs) but yeah so that's cool that it's been you've been able to kind of bridge how how so how's that album coming
1: along it is actually the recording process is really really good it's turning out much better than what i anticipated Mm -hmm. um but i tell you what even whenever it comes to the technicalities of country music and bluegrass man it's much more technical than metal Oh yeah, metal. You can just turn up the gain. It sounds distorted. You're able to get away with either a wrong note, or uh, even like tapping when you got gain and tapping, or compression mm-hmm. and tapping. It's really really easy. But when you're trying to do it on an acoustic guitar, it's practically impossible. Oh
0: yeah, and you have to be so precise because you can't just like barely hit the note and you're going to hear it immediately. It's like you got to like when you do a hammer Slam on, it. you got to, boom, boom. and when you so it's it makes it a whole different experience which probably when you go back to your metal style music you take the skills to learn in country and you're like oh i can use this in a metal setting and all of a sudden it makes your metal playing cleaner and more precise and more able that you can like hear the uniqueness of it so that's that's kind of a cool way too that you can kind of go back and forth on that
1: absolutely that is one thing i've noticed after studying country music is uh noticing all of the chicken picking and trying to incorporate that into metal mm-hmm as opposed to alternate picking or uh, hybrid picking or uh, tapping or anything, instead, uh, actually using chicken picking, and it's actually become very, very efficient. Yeah, that's that's awesome.
0: So you're working on that. You're you're in the middle of recording that. Don, do you record that all yourself, or do you are you going into a studio? You have a producer or anything like that, or is it so all? So I'm
1: recording it all right now because when it comes to my music, I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And if I spent studio time and spent money on studio time that that producer would probably want to shoot me <laughs> because like that's good enough no i just didn't i that was the right notes but i didn't feel it and if yep. i don't feel it mm-hmm. then it's not right and then sometimes i feel it but it's the wrong notes mm-hmm. and it's got to be the right notes take 68 hopefully i'll get it this time so i i can't do it with somebody right there mm-hmm. but uh i'm planning on recording everything in at my house and then giving it to the producer, and he's going to mix it and master mm-hmm. it and make it sound good, and he's a genius. Yeah. Uh, he can make one guitar sound like an orchestra. Oh. So I'm really excited to uh, pretty much give everything to him and say, Leo, work your magic. And he'll do it, mm-hmm. and he'll say, how is this? It's going to be fantastic, and he's doing... He's, one of the best that I've ever seen.
0: And I think, I think in today's time that you're seeing more guys that are doing that, you know, you see even someone like, the, you know, the, the, there's like, you, there's whole YouTube channels on guys that they basically mix music off of someone sending them music. Now, yeah, Like, you know, it's, it's different than when it used to be like, when you were like, Oh, I need to get a studio. I got to rent it for, you know, hundred dollars an hour to go in there and rent and play music and record it. And then after that, have someone mix it versus nowadays with the software that's available and the hardware that you can get for relatively cheap. You can do it all yourself, and then just send away, send it all away. And if you are you, do you DI mostly, and then like he can reamp it, or are you sending him tracks
1: that he just basically mixes it? Um, well, most of the stuff actually is, um, I guess, to go into my acoustic stuff, whether it be mandolin or banjo oh, yeah, or whatnot. Uh, that's the stuff that I just use a compressor mic uh, mm-hmm. directly into my uh, MIDI interface. Mm-hmm and record that and then just bounce it as a wave track yep. and then bounce it uh to him mm-hmm. okay and then uh, the more fancier stuff i actually have to go in uh when it comes to the electric stuff like some of my telecaster work and bass mm-hmm. work and whatnot that's when i actually use an amplifier amp uh microphone it up and then get the tone that i want get the volume that i want and then record it record it mm-hmm. and whatnot it's a little bit longer of a process cuz tell you what with uh with an acoustic instrument practically just walk up to the mic start strumming good mm-hmm. to
0: go yeah you're not having to be like oh i want to roll this off a little bit i want to you know nope not playing with the eq this it is what it
1: is just raw yeah. and honestly even whenever i'm playing stuff back without any type of compression no type of eq no delay no reverb no nothing it actually sounds really good not yeah. quite cd quality but good enough where if somebody was playing it for you, you'd be like yeah i can dig this yeah yeah, so.
0: yeah that's awesome i think that's uh that's really cool that you're able to like I said, nowadays people can do it at home. And there's a lot of people out there that are doing this at home. There's a lot of music that you don't realize is out there that is getting recorded on day to day to day basis that is not in a big studio. Not you know not like how it used to be 50 years ago. You could not just be like, oh, I bought a basic computer, I bought a MIDI interface, I plugged them in, boom, I run it. I you know I downloaded this free software and now I can basically make music. I mean, and even some of what the guys do that are doing the mixing, a lot of that is simple software nowadays it's just they have the ability to make it sound you know they have the, they have this like there's your skill set in playing an instrument their skill set is playing basically the computer to make it sound as good as it can you know shaping the sound yeah making it like just basically polishing it off it's like you're giving them you're the painter and you're going here you go now you need to polish it wax it buff it done send it out you know so i think that's that's awesome so how what's your do you have a timetable on when you want to get that trying to get that I done i want to get it
1: done by the new year Okay. Um, I'm planning on finishing up in November uh, because I actually have another project that I'm working on. I ended up uh, making a uh, rise, an Acoustic Rise Against tribute compilation album for YouTube. I don't mm-hmm. know if you would call it an album, but regardless, mm-hmm. a giant playlist over on YouTube, just Acoustic Rise Against. And mm-hmm. there was a girl from San Jose University who contacted me, and she is a filmmaker. Mm-hmm at At the school, and she's working on her final project this is she's getting her master's mm-hmm. this is it. This is what she's graduating with and she reached out to me never met her don't know who mm-hmm. she is. She reached out and said, "Would you be willing to make the score of the movie mm-hmm. I thought wow i'm I'm flattered uh sure i would yeah I'd love to so uh she sends me a copy of the movie um not quite completed, but just like the rough draft of it. And the movie itself is just four minutes long, but it is absolute gold. And I mm-hmm. thought, how am I going to be able to complement this? Mm-hmm. So I started getting to work, and it it's actually turning out much, much better than what I was thinking it was going to sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really excited for it as well. My deadline for that is November 9th and just just revision after revision after revision instead Mm -hmm. of ending on this note and this note. And one of the coolest things that she said was, uh, during this part, make the music warm but not happy. So that's discovery. Then I go into exploration mode where it's like, okay, let's find some notes and chords that give you a warm feeling but not a happy feeling. So... Uh, then it's it's exactly that, Discovery. Go yeah. into it, find it, and it's been a lot, a lot of fun. So that's cool. So ones that – I mean, I don't know that's your next project, but does
0: she have a date when that's going to come out? Is it going to be on YouTube or something that we could go and watch? Yes. Okay. Uh,
1: it is going to be on YouTube, and she said uh, – she, oh, she was talking about uh, – like sending me like a poster of the movie because she's uh-huh. going to try to enter it into a bunch of like film festivals okay, and cool. competitions. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's so cool. That is cool. And uh, it is going to be on YouTube mm-hmm. at some point. I don't know when. I don't know the fine details on it. Excuse me. But I do know that uh, the next time that she hand, needs to hand in um, a draft of it being, I believe, 90% done mm-hmm. is November
0: 9th. Okay. So you got to basically be... At the 90% done, I mean, it's going to be very close to that,
1: and just kind of the final. As soon as I get home, I'm practically going to be working on that. Working on that person. revision on Friday, feedback on Saturday, revision on Sunday, mm-hmm. feedback on Monday, mm-hmm. and just bounce back and forth because I want to get this done for her because yeah. I'm making a promise to somebody I've never met, and yeah. she's trusting me, a person who she's never met. Mm-hmm there's a lot of faith in somebody you've never met. Yeah. So, and, oh, yeah. And one thing's for sure, I'm not going to let her down, and I'm, I just want to see this come to fruition because mm-hmm. it's just so exciting. Yeah, that is cool. That is really cool that you're going to be able to kind of take that.
0: And, you know, it's going to be a piece of history. Like, you know, you don't know where her career is going to land once she gets done with college, and now you have a contact with someone who's trying to be in the film business that you don't know if in a year or two she's going to contact you and say, hey, we're doing a full movie, you know, or we took this, we took this four-minute movie concept and we're going to expand it to feature length Oh, would totally be able you to know? be done and so it's like now you have that contact and that's what i think is cool about in today like the time we live in and we're really lucky that the avenues they would talk about they talk about in history how like there were certain time periods that only certain things could happen like what we're doing now i mean obviously you're listening on probably a phone you know a phone that is like smarter than the computer that we that we took to the moon and has <laughs> more processing power but like we're able to basically put this out that you can put stuff out on the internet and then have people contact you from all over the world that before would never have heard your story, you know. If it had been fifty years ago, and you decided you want to try and make music, you'd have to either have gone to Nashville or L.A. because it was like the only two towns that were putting music out.
1: Or know Frank Sinatra.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. Or know somebody that knows somebody, and just try and hustle until you could get your way up there. Um, I've been listening to this podcast, and I'll recommend it. I will say, if you listen to this podcast, I am not rating this. Our podcast you know, is way to say our podcast is PG. This is not PG. It's called Cocaine and Rhinestones, and it's about um. Basically, the country music in the 19th century, and it is great. It talks all these stories, but it's all these, you know, almost all the stories were, and I'm not, like, saying that we don't hustle nowadays, but it's, like, you know, hustle, 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 hustle. Maybe get maybe get the big package, and, you know, like, maybe get, like, a signing deal, and then basically let, let, let your life fall apart, and then hustle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> but it's just really, it's really good. If you're interested in old country music, I would recommend it. Again, I will not... Uh the guy who puts it on, really great guy, but does let the F bomb fly quite a bit. Not as much as this other podcast called Your Favorite Band Sucks. If you're I just got I just got into that one. I don't know if you've ever heard it. But um Oh, did that shut off? Oh it did shut off. Oh, oh, oh got it. It's got an auto shut off thing. Sorry, we're we're a little cobbled here. We have <laughs> we have the uh, electric drum set powering the usb (laughs) for joel's headphones and they just shut off which is fine because we heard everything else so he can hear the drum set in his ears but we can't hear it i panic which is funny but yeah so um that the other one is called your favorite band sucks and uh, again i will not recommend it for language but it is hilarious because if you think you have a favorite band well their opening episode was on the beatles Mm. <laughs> it was Beatles, Rolling Stones, and I forgot who was there, but it was basically like they just went out there knowing people were going to hate them. They just did Led Zeppelin. Oh boy! And all they just talked about was how every song is copied because it is. Like yeah. every, I mean, like they've like they've been called out on it, and they're like, no, we we changed it. Like, no, 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 you legitimately copied. it. But anyway, that's a side <laughs> now. But but we're we're talking about how where nowadays with the internet, you know, you putting your music out there, what what you can basically do for free by putting it on YouTube. And I, I don't know if you ever do like sponsor posts or stuff like that because I mean you can boost posts by sponsoring stuff, but you can put it out there and anyone in the world can search for it, find it, you know, and boom, you know now you're making movie for a music
1: or music for a movie. Now that's one of the things that I've found about the music industry is that honestly it's just in such a weird place right now because you can practically download any if you search enough deep enough you can pretty much find any music that you want for free. Yeah. Or well streaming. Or the way that sometimes I get my music for free is that I actually hook up my speakers into my microphone input and then record (laughs) record that as a stereo track. So I practically record what comes out of the speakers, which is music, into my microphone jack and then export that as an MP three. Boom! I've got the song.
0: Well, this is like the this is like the high tech version of recording stuff off the radio on a tape. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it is it's like exactly the fanciest it. way to make your own mixtapes <laughs> in the world of Spotify, where you could literally make your own mixtape. <laughs> you have figured out a way to backtrack it straight <laughs> up. So you can, you're like, I don't want to. Like, what do you mean Spotify is an option where I could download the music on my computer? This way is so much easier. Oh yeah, man, this is the way to be. <laughs> Just, but all you need is an audio interface, a set of speakers, and a, this chord here, that chord here, done.
1: $300 later you are set to <laughs> go. Out. Could have, I could have paid for Spotify for like three years. No way, man. <laughs> no, it's not my style. It is. But uh, anyways, I guess the music industry is in such a weird spot because of that. Um, I was watching something a couple weeks ago where he was talking about you either pretty much busting your tail and giving up all of your life and dedicating everything to being on the road uh, being able to be a successful musician um, you being a YouTuber musician uh-huh. and coming out with new material every single week, mm-hmm. or you already being pre established before this era right now uh-huh. and being able to be a successful musician yeah. already, like a U2 uh, or um, I don't know, like any popular band. Yeah, probably. But yeah,
0: which yeah. so you because right now you're seeing it's kind of crazy if you look at record sales. And you'll see, like the number one album in a week will sell like forty thousand copies, and, and they like, consider
1: that like platinum. Yeah, like, one was pla- wasn't yeah. platinum one million. It was
0: one million because, and it used to be you know, like in your opening weekend you should sell like 100, 200. If you didn't sell a hundred thousand albums in your first weekend, if you were a big act, that and now it's like, oh man, it's which is the problem is because of. And I say this as someone who spot- uh, stream <laughs> I stream Spotify, and this podcast actually goes on Spotify, but um it's it's a different market, you know, you have, as a band, or as a musician, you have to make your money now, instead of being able to make your money off record sales, you have to make your money off touring, you have to make your money off of, you know, and that's what, that's the only way bands are making money nowadays, is off of touring, which is kind of, you know, it's kind of backwards what it used to be, it used to be bands didn't weren't able to tour that much, because you couldn't travel around as well as you can now, and so it was all off record sales, like, that's how you made your big money, selling your records, getting, hopefully get radio play. but nowadays, you know, it's not like as a musician, you have to be like, I have to make sure this song, I have something that gets on the radio. You're like, I just have to put it on face or put it on YouTube or even Facebook and hope it goes viral and hope enough people watch it that way. And then they will then connect and buy the rest of my CD. You know, it's, so it's a different market where you don't have to try and go the radio route. You don't have to, you know, make radio quote unquote hits. I mean, there's plenty of YouTube musicians. I mean, there's tons of them that are making full-time wages, good money, and all they've done is write stuff and put it on YouTube and make videos. Like like one of my go-to guys is Jared Dines. Oh, yeah.
1: Not only is his music brilliant, but, man, he is hilarious.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's what I think the difference is. There's a lot of really good musicians, but the channels that seem to do really well, and especially this media, is you're a really good musician and you're hilarious. And you're creative, like Rob Scallon. Oh, his he's brilliant. V- extreme, I mean, his guitar playing skills are insane, but then he makes videos that are like, very creative and very done very well, so it 's not just like "Oh this guy can really rip it on guitar. he also can put an entertaining video out you know, and I think that 's the kind of market we 're in now where it 's not one you can 't just be a high level musician you also have to bring today's today 's crowd wants to see more they 're like oh you 're really good at musicians. What else can you do like are, are you can you entertain us? Can you you know be creative in a video and make something funny or make something that lasts?" And so instead of just being like, I put out a really good song, and I'll tour with that song, it's like, I put out a really good song, I put a video out that has to go really big, so that way, you know, people see it, and then people hopefully lead back to either A, like, buying the whole album, or going to sponsored links, or, you know, so it's it's a whole different ballgame from what it used to be, like, even 10 years ago, I think. I think in the last 10 years, we've seen music shift. We thought we thought it was bad, like, when there was, like, you know, in the 90, late 90s, early 2000s, when it was like, everyone was downloading everything oh, from Napster. Free. You know, I think there was a big lull. And I think, you know, I mean, you don't, you don't really hear, except for your ridiculous setup to download music. <laughs> you don't, a lot of people aren't downloading music anymore, mostly because you're like, oh, for five bucks a month, I can go ad-free on Spotify. Like, psh, okay. And, um... Not worth it. No, not worth record, it. <laughs> record, record your MP3s. Your your <laughs> record your MP3s. <own laughs> <F3> <laughs> I do not condone that as someone. I'm thinking, Spotify's <laughs> like, why doesn't my why doesn't my stuff work on Spotify anymore?
1: <laughs> Dang it!
0: <laughs> One guy on a podcast talked about how to the, the easy way to cheat the system. But I mean, it's a different market where you know it's not it's not selling albums anymore. It's getting like streams, quote unquote, which you still hard get anything for. So you have to get a lot of them. And then you have to turn those streams into people coming to see you live, which I think is great that it's kind of made live shows important again, where, you know, and as an entertainer, you can't just be up there like, all right, here's an hour of us just holding our guitars, standing there. Like you have to actually bring something to the table that's entertaining. You know, as as skilled as a musician as you are, if all you do is just stand there, like kind of like grunge music where it was like, Oh, in the 80s, everyone was over the top and always, like, you know, so such a big show. Let's go grunge music where they all just stand there looking sad and, like, playing terrible guitar. <laughs> and you're like,
1: no, like, that doesn't, like, that's not entertaining. Like, <laughs> Well, even when it came to me playing um, uh, for Walnut Days, uh, the town festival uh, just two days ago, I didn't want to bring an acoustic guitar and sing because part of me feels that to do that, you have to have... An amazing voice, mm-hmm. because that's going to be like your primary. It's going to be your primary voice. Yeah, is going to be your voice. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have an amazing voice, after about an hour, if you're playing a two-hour set, after one hour, <clears> we <throat> we get it. Yeah, we get. But uh, if you have an amazing voice, like uh, one of my buddies over in Colorado, Bo Thomas, you'll listen to him for hours. Mm-hmm. But I don't have an amazing voice. Mm-hmm. I would much rather have my voice be a guitar than my own personal voice. So yeah. the main voice that I had was playing guitar instrumentals. Mm-hmm. But back to that whole ACDC thing, I didn't want to play the same style of music every single time. Yeah. So instead I had surf rock, uh, jazz, funk, uh, alternative, metal, blues, uh, country, some of my bluegrass stuff. Just always just changing it up and never playing the same thing twice. So it's always something new. It's always a new mm-hmm. flavor. Now, do you... When you play
0: live, because you just play by yourself, are you building loops or anything, or are you just playing straight in?
1: Good question. Um, so I load up... I record everything beforehand on my computer at home okay. through backing tracks. I okay, that's... program the drums, mm-hmm. play along with bass, playing along with guitar, add a little bit of piano, and then uh, I pretty much play... You can almost imagine karaoke, uh-huh. uh, where my iPad plays all...
0: The all normal the song,
1: yep. and then I just play guitar on top of it.
0: Okay, cool. I mean, because now there's a couple. There's a guy. Oh, I can never say his name. It starts with a D. He's on YouTube, and uh, he kind of blew up in the last couple of years. And he does like kind of the similar thing. It's just him and a guitar, but he's got like a, like one of those like Ed Sheeran style uh, looper pedals, and he can like he'll build like I've watched him like when he builds a song. It's like you know he'll start off like on a drum pad doing like two things, and then does this, and it's like so it's like all it's kind of cool to watch because it's as a one man, but he puts a lot of his stuff on YouTube, and sometimes, like one time, he's like at a golf. was at some like golfing, like you know, charity event or something. There was like four people watching. He's doing all this work, and I'm like, "See, that's a shame," because <laughs> he's <laughs> out there like an amazing musician, and there's like eight people watching, and this one guy in the back's like, "Free Bird." <laughs> <laughs> that guy plays some Skinner. <laughs> yeah, he does have some videos of like when somebody asks for this, and sometimes like he'll do like newer pop stuff, and he's like, "Somebody, there you go." <laughs> so doesn't fall asleep, but yeah, I think that's. Uh, so that's, I was I was wondering that because I've seen some of your stuff on on facebook on your videos and i was wondering like are you building the loop or do you basically you write your own backing tracks and then you present them and play over top of which i think is great because it's still you know it's kind of what you have to have because you're not you're not playing gigs where you could hire a fleet of musicians to be like okay hey i need you to play keyboard i need you to play bass i need you to play drums
1: you know, because like And then in- I need you to travel with me across the country from Colorado to Illinois. For one gig. For, yep, for two hours. For a two-hour gig. 17-hour drive for two hours of music. Oh, and also, That's I don't the- know where you're going to stay because <laughs> my house is only so big.
0: I don't know where you're going to stay. And... We're taking, we're, we're renting a car, so you can. None of us can take any of your <laughs> equipment. There's
1: going to be no money to no any money. of us. No <laughs> one's getting any money. That's the love of music. So and I'm going to ask you to pretty much shell out a couple hundred bucks yeah, if you if don't mind. It'll only cost, but the exposure. The exposure, it, right?
0: That's what. That's what musicians get paid in, right? I mean, as a, you know, you're gonna, have, you're gonna get, you're gonna get exposure for this. You're gonna get exposure at a Walnut Festival, so a town a thousand miles
1: away of thirteen hundred people. You're gonna be rock stars. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> now. Uh, I guess when it comes to loopers, my opinion about loopers is that it's really cool being able to watch people create – being the audience, you watch the artist create his art. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Start from nothing, which is Mm -hmm. silence, his blank canvas, and just add more and more and more. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, it sounds like a a symphony. Yeah. The only thing – the reason I don't do that is because I don't like being stuck in the rut of the loop that you make. Yeah, that's true. I don't like uh, saying okay, we've recorded this, but do do do, but do do do, but do do, and it's going to be that drum beat till the, the end of the time. song. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, I got to have things changing. Maybe mm-hmm. it's genres, maybe it's my bounciness. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just need something I, changing up a little. bit. I just bit. need new flavor, man. Yeah, and then you know, and the problem too is
0: if you you're since you're doing it live, like you are also opening yourself up. Like if you. If on that first shot you don't get the drum loop right, then you got to try and do. You know, it's like oh, man. you have to like you know you have to be perfect every time versus being like okay when I'm at home and I have all the time in the world, I can make everything exactly how I want, and then all I have to do is play over it. Versus like now, you know, while you're playing over it in your head, you're like, okay, do I get that right? Okay, what's the next loop I have to do? You'd have to be, I mean, mm-hmm. be more more brain power than I have. I'd be smoking out of my ears if I can I can I play power chords over this. All right, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that's that's awesome that you've been able to uh, kind of take that. Now, do you play a bunch in
1: do – do you play out in Colorado a bunch, or is it kind of just – I do. Okay. Um, I go, and I like playing um, usually Tuesday nights at this little bar over in Frisco. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, everybody comes in, and one of the things I like most about that little bar, it's it's, it's an open mic, uh-huh. And every single person has their own distinct style. Okay. Nothing, and I guess also everybody is of our age, mm-hmm. like in their 20s and yeah. 30s. And it's really nice being able to see one person do almost like rapping hip hop.
0: Mm-hmm. Next
1: person does an acoustic guitar and a violin solo. Uh, the next person, like, we'll say me, does um, some guitar instrumentals. Uh, the next person after that uh sings some I don't know we'll say it's a sixty year old guy singing like old Johnny Cash
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh the next it's It's just always something different. There was one guy that came in and did acapella. There was even uh like a seven band symphony that came in or an orchestra and uh like one bass one cello player, uh three violinists and like two violas and it oh. was it was amazing and oh yeah, one of the coolest versions of bohemian rhapsody I've ever heard. That'd be kinda of cool. Right? Yeah. So every every week it's somebody different, Something. some different style. And mm-hmm. that that's what I like. Just like not falling into a rut. Because I went to college with one guy and he listened to oh we're just gonna say oh man. We'll say Metallica. Okay. Listen to Metallica. <laughs> Learn Metallica songs. Mm-hmm. Went to go write a song. Sounds like Metallica? Exactly. Got sued by Lars. Yeah. Well, everybody gets sued by Lars. <laughs> You're going to get sued by Lars now for saying your method for downloading MP3s. And Kanye is somehow going to get involved because, of course Kanye yo, is. I'm, yo, I'm not involved in this. I'm not involved. Yo, if it. it's music, I'm involved. I make my own beats. Yes. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs>
0: Triggered. Ah! <laughs> so, Kanye, I don't have it. If you listen to Kanye and you're a fan of this, I, I don't think you're real. <laughs> to be honest. If you, listen to, if you got this far into the podcast and heard some of my ridiculous statements, like when I said the state of California looks and is a urinal, um, <laughs> that was a bad one. That was when we realized we had people listening to California, and I was, oh. I was like, whoops. One oh. size does not fit all. No, Just, this podcast, I told somebody once, I said, I said, I flat out said, if you don't enjoy... Like, this might not be for everyone. And we're okay with that. Like, so don't don't think we're going to make this for everyone. <laughs> well, that's not my style. Like, some of you aren't going to get this. My own mother. <laughs>
1: I don't get it. It's fine. Kyle, I don't get
0: it. I know, Mom. I listened to a car once, and she's was, like, sitting there, because one I was making fun of Kevin Costner. She's like, it's a
1: good movie. I'm like, no, it's not. Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> but, yeah. All right, sorry. We were talking about the... Uh... The Metallica, writing song like Metallica, you yeah, sound like so Metallica. Yeah, so anyways,
1: um, everything just sounded like Metallica, and mm-hmm. it's what happens when he's in a band with everybody and not everybody likes Metallica. Oh, yeah. So then uh, some of my biggest music influences we'll say is, um, uh, let's see, we got um, like Angel Vivaldi, uh, get, uh metal instrumentalist, mm-hmm. uh, Satriani, Death mm-hmm. Cab for Cutie, Brad Paisley, um. There's the wrench. <laughs> metal, exp- metal, emo. Brad Paisley. What? <laughs> Explosion. Explosions in the sky. Um. Alexi Murdoch. And all, all of these ones. Now, okay, you've got this huge bowl of just miscellaneous ingredients. Mm-hmm. What is it going to be when they mix up? Yeah. You have no idea. Oh, yeah. Because everything's so diverse. And that's what I like. And Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I think the Chili Peppers are are as successful as they are is that I don't think they've ever gone down a road and thought, we shouldn't be here. Instead, they're like, you know what? Let's try a song in this style. Let's try a song in this style. Let's have a really, really nice, sad, like, uh, Californication song. Uh, Let's have some funk like Tell Me Baby. Uh, or what is that? Uh, Is that Suck My Kiss or uh, Soul... uh, Lots of heroin, that's all I know. And I'm sailing... Something like that, yeah. But then they got funk, and they got smooth stuff, and they've got all types of music because they're just not afraid to try out different Mm -hmm. paths. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're so successful is because they said, you know what? It's all music. Yeah. Let's just throw it in and add Mm -hmm. our own little twist on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're definitely not going to like that your favorite band sucks podcast. Um <laughs> They may have done one on Red Hot Chili Pepper. Oh, they did! Oh they of course they did. Oh, come on. <laughs> and and basically yes, that, the whole time was this is why you do California. Don't. No, they said, yeah, well that they go, this is why you don't do heroin kids. Because <laughs> 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 they talked about uh John's his solo album when he was on heroin, and it, was Dude, one, it was when he was so wasn't. strange. He goes he goes he goes, listen to when he's not on heroin and when he's on heroin. Because he's uh, the, his second album he's not on heroin. And they said, and that's why you don't do heroin. <laughs> Dude, I tell you, it was the weird it, I don't know what I was listening also, to. so they're like, "How do they have so much energy and are on heroin?" <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "I don't get it. but yeah, I think, I think that's really true because like bands that just find the niche and they're like, this is all we are. We always sound like this. They get boring after a while because you're like, "Oh, we, I mean we when get you want, it. when you want that flavor, you have it, but if you're a band that's like kind of changes it up and you know always throwing kind of a monkey in the wrench. People then realize, like, oh, you know, they're they're more diverse than what I thought they were. They're not just this simple, like, oh, they're a metal band or oh, they're a country band or oh, you know. And you see, kind of like with like Brad Paisley, where he's done, you know, he's country obviously, but a ton of his, you can tell his influences are like classic rock with what he's playing and what he incorporates into his stage shows. Where it's like, oh, you know, it's not just somebody up there singing about his dead dog, his broken truck, and his wife that left him. You know, he's up there just sailing away on the guitar and you're just like, Oh that explains it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So that's cool. So that's cool. So you're doing so you're at Bluegrass now. was lost. what's your next genre you're looking to tackle? If you I mean, we're talking <laughs> far in the future.
1: What's your next I mean let's, let's let's talk like where you want to take this. Well even yesterday I was uh talking to my friend Mark and he introduced me a little bit to an idea that he has with a fusion jazz song. And I thought, ooh, I like that a lot. So I might end up trying to do just a little bit of a fusion slash jazzy slash swing project with him. Um and then after that, I don't know, I might go like into an acoustic maybe just an acoustic mm-hmm. uh album where it's just all acoustic instruments. Uh not necessarily country, not necessarily bluegrass, but one of those where your grandma can listen to it and think this yeah, is that's this nice is not, music. He's a good boy.
0: He's a good boy, he was a good boy. And then, then your grandma goes back on the Discord. What is this?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> there's Satan coming out of the speakers right now. <laughs> yeah, the name of the song is "Demons Cloud on Heaven's Peak." Yep, that, that really says it like it is. <laughs> yep, that's and that's one of my songs. And it yeah. starts ba na ba 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 ba, like total genty beginning. Yep,
0: I like it. Not everybody will. Oh no, that's and that's (laughs) the thing. I think the most important thing, especially as any kind of artist or any kind of a content creator, is understanding that not everybody's going to like it, and also understanding that it doesn't matter. Like I've told people before, we had, we did one of our live streams, and we did at one point during the live stream, they gave us the mics for the actual event, so we were announcing live stream and the event, and what we did that we had a few people that were like, "You guys sound stupid," or like, because we were going a little crazy. (laughs) <laughs> and my mom was watching the live stream, and she was like, well, what do you think? Like, like I was mad about that. And I said, Mom, let me explain this. If you try and appease everybody, you're going to make you're gonna appease nobody. Like, you have to know your audience. You have to know, like, there are people that are going to like it, and there are people that aren't going to like it. And if you find the people that don't like it, that's fine. Like, you know, you tell them, like, hey, thanks for listening. You, you don't have to watch this. I was like, if somebody complains, you know, and we didn't have much. It actually worked out really well because the people that did listen – or that we're enjoying the live stream, basically just, like, shot the guy down. Like, the one guy's like, these guys aren't funny. And then they're like, you're not funny. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah! Yeah! (laughs) I get all excited. But it's the the truth. Like, you have to kind of know, like, what your audience is, and know, like, that if you try and appease everybody, if you try to go out there and be like, oh, you know, like, this is what's popular right now. I need to make what's popular right now. Because, honestly, I mean, Bluegrass has had a pretty good surge in the last few years, but it's still not the most popular thing in the world. You know, it's still kind of a... An an art, you know, it's a style of music that's still kind of niche. You know, it's not the most like, oh my gosh, like, you know, on the top 40 was a bluegrass artist. I mean, you have some bands that have made their career out of playing bluegrass style and, you know, old music style, you'll say. And, you know, they've always been popular, but they've never been, you know, they're not getting the big contracts. So,
1: but yeah. Well, my take on... There we go. So my take on it is that... Whenever it comes to people that are going to criticize, part of me wants a little bit of criticism that's constructive because I don't mm-hmm. want everybody to say, it's wonderful, it's golden, everything you do is perfect. It's golden. No, <laughs> it's not. I know it's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I need that friction mm-hmm. of saying, hey, what can I do better? How can I grow as a musician? Mm-hmm. What's your honest and true input? And that's yeah. what I value the most. I value more honesty more than anything. Yeah. And then, uh, it, like just being part of the music scene, you need to learn. To, you need to learn to have thick skin. Oh, just yeah. Being able to take stuff in mm-hmm. uh, because on a lot of my uh, YouTube comments, there's oh. been a lot of haters. Oh, well, it's YouTube comments. I mean, Exa- exactly. Just- and. <laughs> Um uh, so lucky I, we're soft. So many of the haters, I mean, heck, I could you can just imagine what they say, and lots of them I've blocked because I didn't make you listen to the music. Yeah. I didn't expect you to like it. I don't expect anybody to like yeah. it. Okay, whoever you does. You didn't make it you
0: didn't make the music with the intention of like this is gonna make me rich and famous. You made the music because this is my passion and this is how I express myself, and I want to be able to show people that, you know, and, and allow people that might feel the same way, that feel like I want to be able to express myself in a different way. You're like, look, you can't. Like, every, if you, do you have an iPhone and a computer? I mean, really, there's so many YouTubers out there that just use iPhones for stuff. I mean, yeah. obviously, if, you've, if you're the few that have seen all of our live streaming stuff, you see what iPhones look like. <laughs> and it's <laughs> like you have the ability in your hand right now to make content. It may not look the best right now, but it's
1: something. Right. You know? Well, even um, I guess when it comes to some of the people that either listen to it and hate it and the people who like it because my biggest thing is that if I'm able to reach out and if I'm able to hit home with just one person, Mm -hmm. that's great because I don't want to make the music for myself. I want to make the music for other people to enjoy. I mean, I do it for myself to enjoy as well as well but mm-hmm. honestly i don't listen to myself that much yeah and then oh, once yeah. i'm finished with it, i was like okay that's good and then literally a week later i like disregard disregard it and then move on to the next thing it's dead to me now exactly i need a new well, flavor but also it's a little it's a little if you listen to just your own stuff all the time it's a little
0: like <laughs> maybe narcissistic yeah <laughs> i mean like i used to always listen to the podcast back because i wanted to hear him again and i've like in the last like eight episodes i just don't even listen i checked them to make sure it's the right episode because i did that once I uploaded the same one twice. But I basically stopped doing it because I was like, I don't need to hear myself. Like, I was there for the... I was there. We did it last night, you know, versus before. I was always like, I wanted to listen to it one time through to make sure everything was fine. I'm like, yeah. If it's not, someone will message me. Or if it's not, they probably won't know. (laughs) It's like, eh, it's fine.
1: But whenever it comes to uh, the people who enjoy it, like um, this one, uh, this is Survive, my acoustic version of Survive by Rise Against on YouTube. Uh, Not everybody likes it, but this one kid uh, he said this song on 1.25 speed almost made me cry amazing I was like that's awesome and the song is actually really deep and emotional mm-hmm. um, but either way uh, just being able to hit home yeah. like that that's awesome and that the is. song's normally a punk rock song mm-hmm. so being able to take it down to an acoustic level is just a whole another take on it but uh, just like, w- just with him, just being able to hit home, like that means the world to me.
0: Yeah, that's what it's all about. Exactly. is like, and this is cool about you know, as much as you talk about, like, oh, you know, like, yeah, because you get anytime you put anytime you put any of your content out there in, t- in today's times, you're going to catch the hate because people. And the thing is, I do not understand. I've had a lot of, I had a YouTuber, uh, Robert's Guitar Dungeon, but he he like literally, he's like, no one told me not to play with the trolls, so he goes, I like to play with the trolls. Like he will like just like goof with them and it's hilarious because he goes some of them kind of get that I'm just screwing around with them and then realize it's funny and then like <laughs> after that they'll make they'll make decent comments but he goes some just leave he goes I don't care he's like I'm not out there to appease them I said, that's a good way because I have other people I mean you know, I'm the kind that would be like, oh, man, that's like, you know, like I said, that, that when we saw those comments, because I literally saw them come up live as we're announcing, and immediately I had this gut reaction of like, oh, no, it's bad. Are we we're doing bo- bad? Yeah. We're bombing. Like, luckily, actually, I always say this is a gut thing, because, and I said this before on the podcast, so I'm sorry if you've ever heard this, but... My wife texted me like literally a minute later. She was not watching the live stream. She was in the crowd, and she was. Everyone around us is laughing. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, even though I'm on the roof, I'm walking off the cliff because I was literally like, do we dial it down? Like, cause I was going to like lean over my buddy, and be like, okay, buddy, we're going a little crazy because we were announcing a. It was, it was a uh, it was a bus race, and we made one of the teams was named uh, was the Budweiser team. So we we're like, who's on the Bud? Who goes to Budweiser school? <laughs> it was. I mean, it was over the top. It was a blast. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think. You have to realize that there's going to be haters out there, but you look for the gyms. You look for the people that are, you know, telling you, like, hey, we really enjoy this. We, had, we actually got a letter from, we did that night of destruction, and a lady, she does, um, like, she does home care for older people. And she was talking about what she had done over the weekend that she had watched her live stream. And this guy used to always be able to go, but he couldn't go anymore. So she showed us, she showed him our live stream. and was basically, like, and he got talking about it. And I was sitting there going... And she wrote a letter to, it was actually my buddy Derek who was helping me out with it. And he sent it to me, like, dude, this is crazy. And I literally was like, I was almost in tears. Like, how, like, you, and I literally said, I'm like, I did not think about that result. And when we were were making the content, it was, let's be morons and put this out there for the world. This is hilarious. (laughs) Not like there's this deeper moment of like this guy who can't go anymore because he's older. And now he has all these memories and he's talking about it. And I'm just like, he's like, (laughs) he's like, I must be cutting onions when I'm reading this. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm doing too. I'm definitely cutting onions. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's that's so cool that you can kind of bridge that gap with your music and you've been able to. So where, um, so you know, you're kind of talking about maybe something acoustic. Where do you see, do you want at some point to be like, I am a full-time musician or do you like the, I have a job. I mean, obviously probably your dream is like, where you could just like come home. You could wake up in the morning, make coffee and then go play music all day. But where do you, where do you see yourself getting into that there at some point or do you see yourself like kind of working and being a kind
1: of a quote-unquote working musician. That's actually something that hit home uh, within the past couple days where I thought, you know what, where I'm at right now as a musician is almost exactly where I want to be because mm-hmm. I'm not committed or obligated to anything. Uh-huh. Um, where I live is where I want to settle down. Mm-hmm. And if I end up being on the road all the time, it's going to be nothing but airports, hotel rooms. Yep. Um and it's going to be ninety percent not playing music, and that ten percent is only going to be a couple couple hours at yeah. night. Yeah, a
0: couple hours a night, and then not being able to just sit around practice, and you have to you're not it's not going to be you're not going to be able to be writing anything.
1: It's going to be playing your same stuff. It's going to be going. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of me thought is that uh, where I'm where I'm working at right now and how things are going. Honestly, I'm completely content with where I'm at
0: yeah right that's... And
1: i honestly i i'm happy if that's cool. if my dream job is to do movie scores mm-hmm. um man if i make like even with uh doing this uh project right now it's called afterglow mm-hmm. um even with doing that that's like you could say another time another another time i'm gonna say it gateway yeah, It could be a gateway, it could be a dead end, I don't know, but honestly, I don't care. I just know that I'm enjoying it, and it is fantastic while it's lasting, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to embrace it, and if it comes around again, awesome. Yeah, if I, not, that's okay.
0: Yeah, and I think, and you don't, there's something important about not taking every opportunity, you know, like, even coming back for this, like, gig to play on Saturday at your hometown, I'm sure it did not pay your way to come back, yeah. you know? And I'm not, and I'm sure it was not like, oh my gosh, this is like, you know, the big gig of the year. But I mean, it worked out where you got to see your family, you got to see a bunch of your friends and that. But it's like you're taking all the opportunities. You're not saying, you're not saying no to many things. Like, I'm going to try that, I'm going to try Not saying yes to everything because then you will become, you basically become a yes man and you'll put yourself in situations you don't want to end up being in where you're, you know, you're playing music and it's not fun anymore. It's like you are talking about where you're playing on the road all the time. But just taking different opportunities and trying different things. Because we talked about this before about, when you're chasing your dream your dream may change. You know, 5 years ago you may have said, "I want to be a full-time musician and just like, you know, write music all the time and do this." And if you had only relied on that and only pursued that that goal exactly, you know, not looked anywhere else. You said, "All if, if the job does not involve playing music, I'm not taking it." You know, if I can't play music full-time, I'm not taking it. Well, then you would you wouldn't be working at the ranch like you're working now where you all of a sudden realize like, "Oh my gosh, there's an opportunity where I can work, you know, I still have days off so I can still go do my music thing." And it allows me the time to do that versus, you know, if you're working a standard eight to five job or having to work, you know, you would be having to work every day and kind of, you know, kind of being a little bit different and you're working for people that you actually enjoy, not like, Oh, I work for a job that I hate. Um, and I think you have to be able to do that. And I think it's really important. If, if you're out there listening and you're like trying to chase your dream or you've got a dream out there, allow it to develop as you develop it because, like you know, we've talked about this before. Like when I started Bibster stuff, I did not expect to be doing podcasts and live streams. I thought it was going to be doing race announcing. Realized that wasn't going to work everywhere because of how loud some stuff was. You dirt track racers and you need some mufflers, mm. <laughs> but um, it, you had to. You, I had to change. If I if I had stuck in my if I had stuck in the mud of I'm only going to do live announcing and everything else I'm going to I'm not going to do because it's not live announcing. Why would I do it? You know, I wouldn't be doing half the stuff we're doing now. And so I think being able to see. In life, like your dream is gonna come, but it's it, your dream is gonna change. You know, I mean, obviously, everyone was when they were when they were in third grade. We all wanted to be firefighters and astronauts. That didn't quite work out for most of us. You know, especially now if you're in America, because we can't get our we can't get our own guys up there. Been on a, I've been on a big kick watching space documentaries, so that's why. Oh, gotcha. shit. <laughs> it's like stupid YouTube. You watched you, watch, you like, watch That was a very opinionated comment. It's Kyle. true. We do not. Well it's because we had the disaster design- Oh don't get me started. No, on yeah, here we Basically go, yeah, st- the space shuttle was a was a, was, a, was a terrible idea from the get go. We should never have gone with it. It was cheaper it'd be cheaper to build rockets from the get go. It's the it's the hard truth. And I didn't realize I started watching fifteen thousand documentaries that it cost us more money to have the space shuttle than it would have been just to build rockets. But it was reusable. <laughs> but um <laughs> anyways <laughs> tangent about space. No, but yeah, so I think uh I think, you know, hearing your story and how it's changed. You know, you were going to go to get a four-year degree to do music for business. as not...
1: You would not... be where I'm at is yeah, not in my plans at all.
0: Yeah, and it was not... You were not, like, at that point, you were looking at probably what? Like, going to being a producer? Or going and, like, running Planning a studio? On probably
1: moving into Chicago uh-huh. and uh, making my way into uh, probably working at a studio and uh, doing that maybe on the side of uh, mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a job over there. Like, honestly that was going to be a bridge that i was going to i was going to plan on having my guns loaded but not knowing where i was going to pull the trigger at yeah but it turned out that that's not the way things panned out but the way things are right now i mean heck i wouldn't change them
0: oh yeah and i think that's and that's what's so important about being able to adjust your dream and adjust what and just what your targets are like your insight is still like and you're doing it where like you're making your own music you have your own album out you're you know you're you're having people contact you from all over And you're kind of becoming this, you know, you're becoming a quote-unquote big deal in the, in the, in in developing into the music world. But, you know, if you had just said, oh, well, you know, when you were talking, we talked a little bit, I believe it was, was that off camera we were talking about though? If you had stayed, no, it was was on camera. You were talking about how much longer you would have had to go to school. Oh, man. If you had stayed there for two and a half, four years gone, that much more into debt to try and get a job in what? Like you'd have been like teaching, like teaching basically music then? Is that what they were trying to have you do? That's the way
1: it sounded. It sounded like it was gonna be more of me becoming a teacher as opposed to something I thought, no
0: well, and and with what your skill level was, if you wanted to become a teacher, you could walk into in any music store and be like, Hey, I want to be your guitar teacher I mean that's not no not the no, I'm not trying to pump the ego, but you were good enough that you could you could easily teach kids to play. So it was like why am I gonna to go to school for this? I mean, unless they were like, Oh, we're gonna have you be a band instructor and if you being a band instructor in high school was not exact not even close to what you'd want to be doing, you know. So it's like <laughs> I think I think you made the right call there and I think at the time I'm sure people looked at you and questioned like you're stopping school, like you have once you basically had one semester left. Like why are you dropping out? And you're like, Well, because this is gonna work out and it's and I think a lot of that and we haven't really talked about this podcast, I think as a lot of it's you've been following God in the decisions. I know that decision was not one you just decided like to make on your own
1: of I'm i I'm ditched in school. Oh, you know? I was I was I did not sleep for many nights.
0: You know, and so it's like I think following that and knowing like you know, not just making a spur-of-the-moment decision like, well, I'm done with school, I hate everything, bye-bye, I'm going to Colorado. Oh, it was like making a decisive, and I think that's something too. Like, if we're, when we're talking about dreams, we're talking about changing dreams. Being malleable. Yeah, change, but don't just flip because you think it's time to flip over. Like, you know, flip on a dream like, oh, this isn't funny anymore. See you guys. You know, do something different because that might not be exactly what you want to do either. But, Yeah. That's awesome. We'll put links to your YouTube, and then you you have a Facebook profile. Like you have like a Facebook "quote unquote" page. I do. So we'll we'll, we'll put links to your Facebook page. So you can follow his music. Um, I encourage you if you enjoy music and you want to kind of follow, make sure to follow his page, follow his YouTube channel, see all the stuff he's done. It's amazing. Like I literally, I think it was a couple years ago. You put I forgot what you put one song out. It was one of the ones where you had like the four screen deal. And I literally remember sharing, going someday I am going to tell my kids, "Hey, I knew that guy <laughs> because <laughs> like it's a you're an amazing musician. Like it is." Something that is definitely a gift that you've been given, and it's awesome to see you use it. Um, but we'll we'll drop links all over the place, so again, you can check it out. Make sure to follow. So if you're listening, make sure to follow the links in the description because they're going to tell you where to go. And again, we'll be staying tuned for when that movie comes out and that bluegrass album that's right up my alley. So I'm excited about that. All right. Some uh, some mandolin. Maybe maybe the next one will be like bluegrass music in metal thrash thrash, thrash bluegrass. Bluegrass. Have, you ever, have you ever Well, see you don't do the
1: spot i've i've stumbled upon that in spotify before i got to uh, weird native howl native my howl. roommate got me into native howl and they're um uh, what do they call them thrash grass thrash grass I and think i a, tell you what they are awesome a, a youtuber i found that was talking about
0: that it is there's some weird there's some weird stuff out there it's <laughs> awesome but there's definitely some like who are you what would you want when you Why? came up with this concept? <laughs> yeah. Like what's banjo this and metal it? You're like, what yeah, is this? Man. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna tune this banjo to drop F. Yeah. And it just sounds like Zero One Zero Zero One. All g- genters are genters are gents all play binary code. Zero one zero zero one zero zero one that's that's been the truth the whole time they've been just writing computer code no one realizes it it's subliminal messaging through through guitar music it just says stay in school and get a job as a computer guy this isn't cool metal not at all in the 70s it was like you know subliminal messages was like you know hail satan and now it's go to school go to school get an it job get an it job <laughs> like what doesn't even make sense but yeah uh Julian, thanks for coming on we'll be uh We'll be in touch. Maybe we'll try and connect back with you when you get back to Colorado when your uh, Bluegrass album comes out. Sounds- we'll come back and hang out and do some more. Have you on for a couple more episodes because again, it's always fun to pick your brain. I know you got a million stories up there, so we'll try and <laughs> pull a few out. But before this one goes record length long, I'm sure you're at home going, oh my gosh. So again, Joel, thanks for coming on. Uh, Thank you, man. We'll uh, ch- check, again, check out his stuff. And on that note, bye. Bye. Where's the thing to stop it up there? Uh, yeah.